Yeah. Hey, yo, Angie. Oh, what, what, up? Up? Angie. what up, Angie? Hey, what up? What up, Angie? What you want? From Brooklyn. Yeah, Angie, what up? What up? Raise the ball. Raise the ball. Raise the ball. Yeah. Back home. Which one? Yer, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Angie from Brooklyn. Of course, I'm the host, Angie, and clearly I'm from Brooklyn. Uh, but today I have a special guest, Rache Maxwell of Real Butter. Welcome to the podcast. What's up? Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Yes, the Bobby's out today, so um, I gotta use my ah, ah, ah voice. Um, yo, thank you for having me, Ange. I really appreciate this. Um, you're amazing, so thank you for having me on your podcast. No doubt, no doubt. It was bound to happen eventually. Um, you know, I'm busy, you busy. We out here hustling in these streets. Um, so sure. it, was bound, it was definitely bound to happen, um, and I'm happy we were able to make it happen, you know, sooner than later. Um, so last week, um, on my episode, I talked about, um, you know, just matching that energy. And what I mean by that is like supporting your friends, supporting your people, your, you know, the people you so-called love and all that stuff, because I mean, we on social media throughout the day and we see what's up, you know, people are always, uh, supporting people they don't know, which is fine. You like the product or you like who they are, their personality, totally fine. But, you know, match that energy to the ones you claim you love. You know, oftentimes, yeah, like oftentimes I see people, you know, sadly when people pass away, everybody is now giving the flowers. It's too late. It's too late. At the wake, it's too late. They can't hear you now. Yeah. They can't hear you then. And this is why I try to pour in some of my friends and family that mean the most to me um, as much as I can daily. Even if it's just like checking in, um, sending resources, um, things that I get a pri- get privy of, I send it along the way. Um, I think that it's super important because, especially in entrepreneurship, it's so hard to get maneuver. We all, most of us are first generation entrepreneurs. So if we are supporting each other on a daily, and support doesn't always have to be monetarily. People always uh, kind of think that's, the only way you can support people support means um yo I, f- I found out about this thing it's cool like simple and similar to what you do maybe you can reach out to that person support is tagging your friend and reposting them and their business support is uh if you share opportunity and you're in the room with someone you always big them up no matter what of course you're going to big them up if you know they do quality work because also support um can waver in some aspects if you're not trustworthy i may not i may support you but i may not refer you there's a different way to support you you know what i mean if i feel like you are not the most reliable person i may not uh refer you which is not personal it's just that i just don't want that type of energy out there people like yo shay send me flops or anything like that that is definitely not um your reputation is your first line of defense so you need to make sure that you are um, being a part of positive um, people and friend groups and positive just anything. And you definitely want to make sure that you are supporting people that um, 
are doing the right things. And sometimes people are just mom and pops and they're just starting up. Support them anyway. Um, and we see it often. I mean, a lot of people got millions already. Make sure that's your friend. If they selling t-shirts and, you know, you want a t-shirt, buy you a t-shirt for a price. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just it. Um, and I think support is really key and essential in, um, in life in general. Because it's, it's not always money. It's not always, um, sometimes it's just a phone call. Absolutely. The other day, my friend, um, I could see she was struggling to even talk to me via text, via the internet. I was yeah. like, you want to talk? Yeah. Because that can mean a, a world of difference versus checking in via social and i was talking to a friend about that the other day as well like people think they know you because they see you on the internet Mm -hmm. they haven't spoken to you in years and i think it's very important for you to change the narrative you don't know me personally if you see what i show you online you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and if we're close you know of course you're going to have that opportunity to speak to me on a daily or maybe not so daily because also life happens we are grown um, you're not going to be able to speak mm-hmm. to your friends every day. Maybe it's every few weeks. Maybe it's every few months. You know, so I definitely feel like um, support can be look different for everybody. For sure. You're right. Um, what do you feel about, like, your friend has a business, right? Um, I know what you're saying as far as you, you still support them, but you wouldn't, um, you don't want to put your reputation on the line if you know things are um, a little iffy. Do you feel comfortable um, as one entrepreneur, but also a friend of someone who has a business and their business, like you have advice for them? Do you give feedback? Do you like try to tell them, like, say, say if somebody had like, I don't know, like maybe say you do, you do all the sweets, but say somebody did sweets and you supported it. And then it was like terrible. Um, how, what, what do you do? Do you give feedback for them to improve or are you just like, I ain't buying no more? I'm be honest with you. It depends on who the person is. Gotcha. Um, sometimes you don't want to kill people's spirit and their momentum. So I know that when I first started out in cooking, everything was not a one. Um, I was learning still. I'm not, um, not classically clean. I didn't go to the, the corner on blue school. I didn't go get trained on a, a, a pastry chef like Christina Tozzi or anything like that. So I know everything wasn't a hundred percent, but I always depend on people. And, and I actually ask for feedback from my friends and family. I'm kind of raw like that. Like, yo, if it's crap, yo, tell me it's crap so I can know then go back and, and, and go to the drawing board and mm-hmm. fix it. It depends on who the person is. If it is Angie, yes, I tell Angie because I know you have thick skin. You're not going to take it personal and things like that. Not everybody can take that type of feedback. Um, And it definitely depends on the relationship that I have with that person. Um, A lot of people do not like unsolicited advice because they feel like you're minding my business. And it's like, I'm not trying to mind your business. I'm trying to help you grow. And people take offense. So it definitely depends on who it is, what the situation is. If you give me raw food, if you give me a package that was like open, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. But if it's like something that I think you could approve upon, maybe your designs are not that great. But I'm like, also, most people don't start with, you know, most people start if they're doing t-shirts, they're starting with their own design. They're probably making it themselves on Canva or something like that. Like, I don't want to kick no one down because momentum is everything. Everybody starts from somewhere. But if it's like 
straight out, flat out whack, or if you're about to harm someone, um, maybe I see maybe some liability happening. I'm mm-hmm. going to say something. You can take it how you want and take it from there, but you can never say that with Shay, never kept it 100. Yeah. Um, it definitely depends on who and what the situation is. For sure. I felt that. Like for me, like my, on my last episode, I was saying basically, um, I think we should be pulling cards, but um, I also agree with it depends on who it is. Um, if you're not close like that, you know, unsolicited advice may come off the a whole nother way and and yeah it it goes sideways but if it's someone you feel like you love and you care um i think you know you might have to approach lightly um but it should be addressed um you know for me i have thick skin but you know i'm like lauren hill uh, um i'm sensitive about my shit or no who is that erica that said that one of them um sisters but yeah like i i, I appreciate feedback um you know, if there's any way I can improve. And there's times when, you know, I see things that I could improve on, like, damn, I could have made that package better before I sent that out. Um, And then I just, now I keep elevating. So now next package, next order, everything just keeps getting better and better because, you know, as a black business, um, you know, black business owner, things, everything's vital. Um, before we get into that, I just want to um, also introduce who you are, um, you know, your company. T- tell us a little bit about Real Butter and um, where people can find you and everything. So I can tell you about Real Butter, but it goes back before Real Butter and it goes back. Um, first of all, I'm Rache. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I'm born and raised here and lived here all my life. Um, my background is in real estate. I'm a real estate broker by day. Um, however, always had a passion for food. Begs my mom. I mean, begged her, like Angie, begged her for Easy Bake Oven. I made a song about the Easy Bake Oven. Like, I was committed to baking when I was like five or seven years old. Like, whatever age we were getting the Easy Bake Ovens, like, that was my thing. And I used to sneak it. You know, you was not supposed to think, take certain things out the house to your cousin's house, but you snuck it anyway in your overnight bag. That was me, and I took it over. And then, like, my mom was like, well, you don't got no more packages of the cake, because I gave it to my cousins, and I was making them cake. That's it. Um, so, um, my great-grandmother was a, definitely a homemaker, and I used to spend summers in South Carolina. And I used to watch her around the house, like, make things. They had a whole garden, like, literally the Garden of Eden. Like, they had they had mint, pecans, uh, plums, okra. They had a chicken coop. Like, so I'm definitely from that farm-to-table type of um, lifestyle, seeing my great-grandparents in South Carolina do that. So a few years back, as a form of therapy, I started to cook professionally. And I started out with doing supper clubs and pop-ups throughout Brooklyn. Um, when I was doing those supper clubs and pop-ups, I would have great success. Actually, my first one was a failure. Funny enough, talking about failures, something happened at the pop-up. The oven was not working at the Airbnb that I rented. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, was down on myself, kind of blamed the girl. But then I was like, you know what? You take full responsibility. You didn't check the oven. I didn't think I needed to check the oven because we're in a working Airbnb. 
but I didn't. So I had to do uh, some fixing up for that. That was my first failure. It was very embarrassing. I had 25 people there and I had to, even though that was a small scale, it was very much intimate dinner setting. So it's like that. And that's what I like. I like to do stuff for crowds of less than 40. Mm. Um, if you want that big party feel, that's not me. I like intimate because then there's also quality control. Um, and you can make sure that everything is aligned and really come out as beautiful and as curated as you want it to be, especially with food. Um, so I was doing food and of course we have a three course meal and wine and things like that. And once COVID hit now through all this, I was still doing my real estate thing. And I was also teaching kids how to cook and bake Mm -hmm. at a school. Well, two different schools, but once COVID hit last year, Um, unfortunately most of us had to be on pause from our regular jobs um, which real estate definitely was on pause for quite a few months and I was just like on sitting home on my thumbs and I was like yo what am I gonna do a I need to generate some type of income for myself and b like I just can't sit home wasting away if I was actually going through a great depression because I live alone Um, and also entrepreneurship is lonely in general yeah. So, and then you live alone and it was, it was crazy. Like 2020 pff, crazy. Anyway. So I picked up, I was like, yo, let me just start making some of my dope pastries. I mean, I've invited you to my house prior to have some dope things and let you taste stuff and mm-hmm. come over and just enjoy. And I was like, yo, let me just do what I love. And yo, it's been really hitting since then. I've been growing my audience. I do delivery and pickup in Brooklyn. Um, and I do Manhattan and Queens as well for delivery. And I make a lot of cookies and um, ice cream. I do puddings. I do a variety of different things. A lot of my stuff is hip hop inspired or just pop culture inspired. Um, I, I infuse cereal with like pastries and I just do, I would call myself the black Willy Wonka. And I know a lot of people are like, that's a stretch, but I'm just like, no, nah, I'm coining myself that right now yes. in the beginning, yes. under a thousand followers, everything year one. Yeah. I'm the Black Willy Wonka. I'm just going to elevate myself and I look to grow in so many different ways. There's so many things I have in store for myself and my business. And um, being in real estate has helped me look at business a lot differently than most people. Um, because while I think brick and mortar is a great um, thing to have, I also think that it's kind of dying and distribution is what people need to really look into. So getting that uh, warehouse space or maybe getting a bigger commercial space where you can share with other entrepreneurs and kind of getting really lean in your business because brick and mortar is cool. But as you know, in New York City, it's a little bit daunting because you have so many things that you can have come up. If you have a triple net lease, and you are in real estate, you kind of know that you have to then take care of stuff that comes attached to the building. That's not necessarily as an entrepreneur that you're willing to take on, that you have the money to take on. And it's just a lot. So I, I, I'm definitely an advocate for wanting to people to expand and me myself wanting to expand to a huge space and facility eventually. But I think that the way in which we are consuming things has changed. Um, there's a lot of ghost kitchens now in New York um, where it's just purely delivery. You cannot go sit down. You cannot do anything. Most, I will say about 50 
percent of the restaurants that you see on Uber Eats, they are ghost kitchens. Um, they don't have a storefront. They may even operate out of another restaurant's kitchen. They just happen to just build a menu and they have a menu that works for them and they just do strictly delivery. And that is a new business concept in the food industry. And I think that's amazing for people having to pivot because the industry is really taking a toll in New York City because we are so used to dine in. And um, because that is what's happening, a lot of people have to have pivot and a lot of businesses were not set up for just that delivery only situation. So that's why for meat and real butter, I at first was like, yo, delivery and bacon, I'm doing it all like as a solo entrepreneur. While I do hire sometimes or I have friends that come help me, um, I am gen I say 80% of the time by myself, almost 80 to 90% of the time. And delivery is really key to any type of business, food business particularly right now. Um, so people love that I can deliver to them, to their parties. Like, I've been a part of all type of parties. You'd be like, oh, I didn't know this was a whole birthday party y'all was having here. Perfect. Here's all your stuff. Like, it's been a really interesting um, learning curve. And I've been having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun. And Real Butter is, again, Real Butter BK on Instagram and also Real Butter BK on Facebook. You can go like as well. And I take orders via the DMs. And I also have a Butter Hotline number, which I'll give you guys right now. Hold yes. on, let me That's fire. Get us that, uh, that Butter Hotline number. So, yeah, it's called the Butter Hotline. You can call or you can text me at 415-952-6538. That's 415-952-6538. And I actually respond. Hey, it's not no so, automated robots. It's no, Rache, it's the real butter queen herself. That's yep, I'm here. Yeah. Um, I, I love your story and, and like your background. And um, I love that, you know, your, your mind is expanded with, with all this knowledge because the real estate game, right. And then uh, real butter. And so when you marry the two, you know, I know whatever you're cooking up and brewing is going to be crazy. It's, it's going to be real dope because you have the knowledge of those two worlds. And when you merge them, whatever your concept is going to be, you know, as far as brick and mortar or otherwise, I know it's going to be fire. And, and the Butter Babies, I know they can't wait. They can't wait. I mean, and shout out to the Butter Babies. I know some of them are going to listen to this. Yeah, you guys have been like, they are like, honestly, like, I won't say like my children, some of the bud babies are older than me, but they are such an intricate part of my journey because they are so patient, so understanding, so kind. And not that I have a lot of mess ups, but I do count on them. Hold on, look, like I asked my friends, I asked them too, like, yo, how was delivery? Mm. Uh, did you get everything that you needed? What can I approve on? Like, I actually asked them, they text, they hit me up, they DM me. If something is not right, most of them try to tell me. Um, and I get it right for them or I make it right if it wasn't. But for the most part, I got my systems. I will say it took a long time to get together. Angie, you seen me. Um, but now I got my systems in place, which I understand a little bit better what things should look like. And they have been such an intricate part in this journey. And I'm here to tell anybody, yo, if you got five followers or if you got 5,000 followers, you treat every one of them like royalty mm -hmm. they are 
going to be the advocates for your business, the advocates for you. Because even if outside of my business, even if they can't order, them posting me, I'm just so grateful for it. So you need to treat the people in your business. Sometimes I know people don't read and I know sometimes people don't follow directions and stuff like that. You kind of have to handhold some of your customers and having that customer service aspect is definitely key. But they are truly, the butter babies are the best, like the best group of people I know. Like, and not because they give you money. Like, if I'm, you know how people be like, yo, if you could do something for free for the rest of your life, what would you do? This is it. Mm-hmm. I just happened to start getting paid and monetizing it. I'm not getting big bucks yet, but it's coming. And the butter babies have been top tier, like next to the beehive, the butter babies are next. They're next up. That's, That's it. What's up? Now nah, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed butter baby myself. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful I don't live in, in New York at this moment because I'd be over all the time trying to get orders. I'll be the one who um, don't follow directions and be like, you cooking anything? Can, can I place it's a order? problem? Yeah, it's a problem. And can I place so order anyway? A lot of people are waiting because the best season, obviously, summer and spring are like the best season. Let's play like treats in general. Um, produce changes of fruit that you haven't been able to eat a month comes out and I'm looking ready very much forward to some things that I like to make that change with seasons because unlike other places like I do definitely try to incorporate like fresh fruits and stuff like that inside my um my confections and um they've been so patient and they're just like looking forward to what's next. And I do drop drops at least twice a month and I have a pop-up coming up on March 6th. So that's a Saturday in industry city um, from 12 to six. We're going to be there. Me and about, I'll say 25 other uh, black vendors um, everywhere from tarot card readings to jewelry, to ventures clothing um, and and other people that do sweets and stuff like that. And um, it's going to be a big deal. But far as from March, I'll tell, I'll say about October is go time. You will see me on the streets on my masterpiece on my streets. Like, literally like i'm for the streets like i laugh about it but i'm really outside every, i love every it day. i love it nigga saying they outside hey i'm i'm really outside yeah like yes. people really be like where you at i'm on tompkins I'm yeah outside. <laughs> yeah tompkins heavy hugging mm-hmm. the block but um that's so dope like i can't wait to see like with this year what you're gonna do with everything that you're about to do um let's talk about being an entrepreneur being um a black woman entrepreneur because everyone's story is different everyone's path is different right but i don't think people understand unless they're in your position right as far as you know people get sick of talking about the whole you know what what your race is right because we're all a human race at the end of the day but you know, being a Black American and being a Black American woman, um, sometimes the struggle becomes even harder. Um, So what would you say some of your obstacles have been um, since being in business and trying to get your systems, like you said, your systems in place and all of that? Um, What are some of the struggles and obstacles you've encountered and had to overcome? So... (laughs) I'm going to start out by saying everybody is not going to be a cheerleader. Um, 
you can tell people that you do. I'm very much a collaborative person. Um, if I'm doing something, you may do the same thing as me. I may table you about the opportunity or want to collaborate and do some stuff together. But everybody is not that. So I definitely find it hard trying to expand into other spaces as far as like sharing a kitchen or sharing resources with people, um, people that even look like you and I, um, for some reason... And I kind of blame it on the way we even hold our entertainers or basketball players. Um, we always say, oh, man, there's nobody like uh, Dave Chappelle. And it's like, you're right. Dave mm-hmm. Chappelle is not like Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart is not like uh, Steve Harvey. Or They all have their own lane, and th- and, but they all can coexist at the same time. Exactly. And they all can probably collaborate on stuff not collaborate and still do well that's okay but I think there's something to be said about um helping each other and reaching across I remember Issa Rae was talking about when she collaborates with people or does projects she likes to reach across the people that she knew and came up with versus trying to go get like Oprah (laughs) you know what I mean she's going to people that she knows that may have graduated with her um that may have worked on her show when she was really on youtube um and people that she knew coming up that's in her age bracket and a lot of times or or may have been in the same socioeconomic systems yes we may be in the same spot but we can help each other and i feel like that has been the hardest thing about this journey is really convincing i'm not convincing anybody of anything let me let me take that back really helping people see and i'm trying to lead by example that you can do something dope and they can do something dope Mm -hmm. and you guys can coexist and you guys can help each other um there shouldn't be any reason that people are late on their rents and commercial business right now when you have an empty kitchen i shouldn't be having any pushback when I'm asking you, hey, can I use your kitchen for a few days a week? I'll even work for you to do it or I'll pay you. Like, whatever you, do you need help in your kitchen? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to pay you? Like, it could go either way. Yeah. But you shouldn't feel like you can't help somebody because they do the same thing as you. And I've been feeling a lot that. And that can go back to so many different reasons of Black people not necessarily trusting each other and trusting each other in business. But I just feel like it's kind of time to give that up. We got to break these chains. Yeah, Got to get that up because we literally are not going to get anywhere if we're not helping each other because the truth is a lot of us don't have the funding or the exposure to certain resources. So we have to be the ones to help each other. Like, I, if I'm being honest, I'm quite frankly, and I'm not just saying it because it's me, but I'm probably one of the best bakers I ever eaten something from. And I'm not just saying I, I have people texting me like, yo, this is better than da da da. I don't want to mention I'm, I'm gonna but have to it, concur. <laughs> so many people like, yo, you're better than that. This unsolicited stuff. Yeah. I don't I, I don't ask you if I'm better than such and such. This is people telling me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you sitting up here looking at me as competition, that's on you. But you may can learn from me. I see a lot of people, maybe older generation uh, entrepreneurs. Yeah. You don't want to be next to me. Why? Yeah. 
They feel you like they're making you for 15, 20 years. Yeah. You could be wanting to be like, yo, let me be next to this girl because she may be doing some stuff wrong and she needs to get knocked over the head because she <laughs> buying her butter too expensive. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really, it's, it saddens me. It makes me upset, but you know what? I just be having to keep it moving because if I get upset for all the no's that I get from mm-hmm. the people that look like me, from the people that don't look like me, mm-hmm. I would never do business ever. Especially yeah. real estate. Like literally real estate, I would say is like getting your MBA in business and in rejection. Mm. I've been told no so many times that if people tell me no in real butter, I'm like, that's right off my back. I'm going to just go bake a cookie about it. Exactly. <laughs> Get them like, butter crunch rolling. Right, right. I'm just gonna bake a cookie about it, and you're yeah. gonna be kind of sorry. I'm, it's, it's on you. You're gonna be a little bit sorry later, mm-hmm. and that's okay too. Like we all live with regret. Exactly. But I, I prefer for us to work together now. Yeah. Um, also, what's been hard in business is the funding that goes behind being an entrepreneur when you're black and you're just starting up is so much different than people understand stop telling me about the sba loans me and angie talk about this offline stop telling me that we got so much grants and sba loans leave us the fuck alone yes we know we know what's available don't you think we know what's available that part there's so much credentials that you need to supply to be a part of these programs and these grants and these loans uh-huh. that cut us out. Yep. Because we are new. Uh-huh. They want to see your your banking for the last two years. Uh-huh. What that payroll look like. What does that what does that look like for us? I don't qualify right now. Exactly. Maybe in a year or two I will. Yep. But right now, 2021, I do not. Yeah. So support from my followers, um, connections to maybe angel investors or investors in general will be the best thing for me. Uh-huh. Stop telling us about all these things that we don't qualify for. Don't you think it's set up for, for that reason by design? Hello. Hello. These don't you think? How to look. We, we live in a city right now when the restaurant tours are pushing back. Mm-hmm. on them opening up the waiting list for those street carts to come because it's going to kill their business even more than Cuomo has already killed it. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. So you think I'm going to go against them? Hello. Yeah. I, it's crazy because like two episodes ago, um, episode I did with Shantae. And I was we, listening to that a little bit earlier. Okay. Yeah. We, we was talking about, um, is your business failing? And you know, sometimes it's failing. It's not failing, but it feels like it because with all the stuff you just said, um, the the checklist of what your qualifications are going to meet is different than someone who, you know, is, let's say, you know, they come from wealth already. Because then guess what? Daddy going to fund it. You know, when you starting from scratch with no funding, Okay. First of all, you could have been in business for four years. You meet all the other qualifications except for payroll. Cause I've been doing this shit from a labor of love. I don't even pay myself, you know? And so people don't realize those different things. And it takes so many years to like really build and establish your business and get to the level you want to be at, you know? And, um, yeah, like I'm with you because I gotten many of those, um, text messages where, yo, they about to do the SBA leave me alone. 
Ain't no PPP over here. Leave me alone. Right. Now, and the folks that got it, that don't even have businesses, are taking up the opportunities. And that's that's your business, too. Like, that, that part. That, that's, that's a business, business within itself. So um, That's your business. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. But I'm also saying that we are, a lot of us are doing entrepreneurship out of necessity. Yes. Out of the systems that be that is, I don't like to call it white supremacy. I call it white inferiority, but that's another story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the systems that be. Yeah. I'm a black woman in, in food, working in the kitchen. Yeah. I've worked in a bakery. I had to, I had to quit the first week. They tried to, I'm not going to mention who the bakery is, but it was, all, it was uptown. Mm. In the middle of a snowstorm, they made me come in. Wow. I was telling them I need to leave because there's no trains. This is before I even had a car. Mm. there's no trains coming back down to Brooklyn the A train gonna be Hell cut yeah. off I'm gonna be stuck out here I'm gonna pay like a hundred dollar cab ride possibly if the cabs is gonna even come for me Stop I had right. to like beg them to leave why do I have to be- why are you why are you guys not understanding that a lot of times that people are entrepreneurs is not because they have this dream of doing it but you have to escape some of the certain mistreatment as a black woman in any industry that you get Real estate, forget about it. That's a whole nother podcast I can talk about what I've been through in real estate. Yeah. Alone. We got to come back for part two for that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I can say that it's out of necessity that a lot of the, us try to get into our passion work and our work that we enjoy because it's like when you go to nine to fives, you get beat up. You're mm-hmm. going to get beat up on entrepreneurship. You might as well get beat up from doing something you enjoy. Exactly. What you love. I'd rather get beat up in the kitchen by myself than go work at somebody's bakery that's paying me something ridiculous. When I live in Brooklyn, one of the most expensive cities mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Building somebody else's empire when I'm better than them. And I mean better than them per se, but my work is better than them. Yeah. My cookies are better than them. There's. That's so it. for you're me, I was rather out of do business. it myself. Huh? I said, you're going to put Lyndon out of business with them Buttercrunch. Right. And and that's the thing. And it's like, I try to, um, I try to make things the best I could possibly can. And I think a lot of people, um, while they support and understand my concept, um we have to understand the whole what it looks like as a to look like an entrepreneur a lot of people like well you chose this life this is like i didn't choose this life this life chose me that part if i'm being really if i'm being honest with you because i just know that if i worked for someone else the mistreatment and like the kitchens the the lack of pay in the food industry my heart goes out to all the food industry workers right now that are still struggling in this pandemic okay a year later most are not getting any help, any resources, nothing, zero zilch. The waiters, they can't really go back to work. I feel like they're going to try to make them mandated to have the vaccination as they yeah. want to get back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, the kitchen staff, you know what I mean? Like this, it's, it's, it's really yeah. in New York City, really hard for people that are in the food industry, and, especially if you're Black. And especially now during this pandemic, it's really yeah. hard. Yeah. It's crazy when I see like restaurants struggling that have been there for like 20 years, 30 years. And it, it's sad too, because it's like New York City is food culture. Like one of the greatest things when you first think about New York City, 
you think of food, right? Yep. We have some of the best food in the world and you can get literally, doesn't matter, you can get any type of food. Any, I can go to Court Street and give me a nice Italian meal. I can go Hello. get some tamales from the lady on the corner. Mm-hmm. She also, her friend is selling some churros. Yeah. I can go to Chinatown and go down some steps and get the best Chinese food that you ever had. Yep. I'm going to Flatbush to get some of the best, well, Kanasi really, shout out to Peppers, get the best jerk chicken that yes. you ever had. Like, we live in such a food-based business, but now it's like, unfortunately, the industry is dying in that way, and a lot of things are being pivoted to delivery, and I, I don't even want... <sighs> If I'm being honest, I'm gonna spill the beans. Uber Eats and DoorDash and all these places. And most of the money taking thirty percent. Yeah, it's a lot. Thirty percent is a more, lot. Um, mm-hmm. of the percentage of whatever the restaurant is making. So when you think that going and calling the restaurant, I mean, uh, deli- getting delivery from the restaurant is really helping. I, I prefer you to call them if you can. Yeah. Walk yeah. over if you can. Pick it up if you can. Yeah. Pick, pick it up if you can. I know everybody doesn't. You can. Right, tip definitely tip if you can 20 25 percent. Yeah, come on. Yeah, um, take them delivery drivers, them Uber drivers, or these people that's out here in the snow that's out here with this virus, they're getting you your food. Tip them. Yes, the restaurant industry needs you, and um, and I'm not saying need you in the sense that like you're mandated to get it because you can cook a meal at home but also food is a luxury if you're getting it outside if i'm being honest it is so if you're getting food delivered and you're getting it from a black-owned restaurant especially try to call um because they're struggling the most we are the last on the list to get resources for a lot of time yeah. a lot of black-owned and a lot of immigrant-owned places mm-hmm. sometimes on the last on the list yeah to get the the, the emergency resources yeah so you, do your you're part. right you you've made so many points because like even me I'm a big foodie right so I make it a point to check in on like the restaurants that I love that I know before pre-pandemic uh pre-panorama uh Panasonic all this crazy is going on right um that I used to go for like date nights or I go with my peoples to hang like I don't want those restaurants to to go out of business. Like before before I moved out of New York, right? There was maybe three or four restaurants I messed with heavy, and I, I moved to LA for some years and and was in Cali. Came back, they gone, they gone. The restaurant business is treacherous. Yo, so, Yo, so that's why I, even with the running to get a brick and mortar, I, I hear y'all too. You need to get a store. I know I do, but I don't want to. Yeah, you gotta why do what's I good for you. Yeah, I got to do what's good for me. Working out yeah. of the kitchen is the best thing I can do for me my, right now. Yeah, That's the best thing I can do because then I can give y'all the delivery and pickup that you need. Mm-hmm. If I have to pay $4,000 for rent, how much am I going to have to charge somebody for cookies? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A cookie should be no more than 3 $4. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when so, the prices go up, people be tight. But this is the part y'all don't understand, the behind the scenes, the cost of the butter, the dough, all the stuff you have to get, you know, uh, the gas you're going to use. The when you gas bring I used to go to from the stores to go mm-hmm. get the stuff because so mm-hmm. I can source the most affordable and high quality. Not just aff- affordable, but I do get the most high quality, quality. stuff yeah. as, as well. 
And that is not always necessary at the same store. So I got to go to three different stores when I go shopping, which I do with joy, but it also is definitely more work. And I love and I do it with joy one day. All the stuff is going to come to me. I'm going to have a big truck of chocolate chips to spill out onto me. I'm like, thank you. You guys came. Yeah. But until then, um, you know, it's a lot of work to be in the, the food industry and, um, while I think that my business is growing, I feel like the food industry as a whole in New York City right now is just having a hard time, especially at 25% capacity. Like they barely are making, you probably barely breaking even when you only have 25% occupancy. So a lot of people are relying on the DoorDash and Uber Eats and all these delivery platforms yeah. to make things happen for them but then they then they have to pay them 30 percent like having another employee right and like having another employee and then they still have the actual employees that actually are in store um so you know this is partially why i'm not always full-time because i make so much i have to do it by myself because if i had to hire someone full time it just would just change a lot of dynamics for me at the moment and um I'm going to do what I can as long as I can and as best as I can until um, I can get there. So tell Master P to call me. Hello. We, yo, I gotta, I'm going to figure Echo. out a way to connect y'all this year because that's... that's I've what... actually met Master P before and I, this is probably the first time I want to talk about this story. Maybe I did talk to you about this. Maybe I don't, I'm not. I don't think but so. I used to work at Time Inc., so Time Inc. is definitely a huge magazine company in New York City. And Master P came one time into the reception area. His daughter at the time, Symphonique, she mm. was, I guess, like at the very beginning of her music career, he was trying to get her out there. And he, I've met a lot of celebrities um, and like actually met them yeah. and spoken to them. But also we have had a lot of celebrities that just don't want to engage, which is cool too. You have the right to your privacy and you're human as well but masterpiece such a gentleman such and i always say this man with integrity want to do business with him i'm doing my business like how he did his business like i'm slinging cookies out of my car okay like he was slinging mixed tanks out of his car he literally walked into the reception area he made sure he said hello to every was five receptionists made sure he said hi to him to uh to uh to all of us and made sure he was oh yeah that's my daughter and i don't know I think it was his daughter's um, mom was with him. Um, And he made sure to acknowledge each and every one of us. Many artists don't care about that. They don't even care. He wasn't even pushing that for himself. He was just massively coming to push his daughter out there. You know what I mean? And he came in there. He was like, yo, hey, how y'all doing? Blah, blah, blah. It was a few people that did that bit he was probably the one that stuck out the most to me because it was so matter of factly for him yeah like oh yeah what's up how y'all doing like because he's like that yeah like like black country folks do Mm -hmm. yeah big time so i love that and um when i started doing real butter i was like i gotta get in there i have to talk to him and um hopefully this, not hopefully it will happen thank year. you speak that anybody have anybody has a direct line that's listening to this i'm on the campaign we, we're on a campaign to me i just need five minutes literally that's it that's it five minutes him with the goodies 
and that's it. That's it. Yo, first of all, the way that he's, he's doing is this food distribution, like that, that whole company that, and, and everything he's doing with that, all he need is, you know, to, to meet you, to, to bring the sweets on and, yo, and, and I'm not saying this cause Rache is my people's. I, I truly mean this when I say real butter, anything that is produced from real butter is beyond phenomenal. Um, growing up in Brooklyn, no, dead ass, like growing up in Brooklyn and eating like butter crunch cookies, like that, that was like a snack after school at the bodega. I got to get that with the quarter water. Or the sandwich. You you was lined up. Listen, with the sandwich, the bag of chips, but then it was also, all right, what sweets I want? Because I had a sweet tooth, right? And that, that Linden Butter Crunch used to be everything to me. And like, after having the butter cr- big, uh, no, what is the... We call it the Big Butter Crunch. It is the Big Butter Crunch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, B-I-G, you know, you know, Big Butter Crunch. The milk with chocolate, the cookies, Butter Crunch, sky's the limit. Yo, hello. That's the lyric. And it's... Big Butter Crunch. And it's so good. Like, literally, you need... Real butter needs to be in stores. Like, it's over for Linden. It's over. Count your fucking days, Linden. Like, <laughs> and it's so crazy because, you know, I I garner all of my inspiration from bodega culture, mm-hmm. from breakfast cereals that growing up, from... I remember me and my... I was so... First of all, my great-grandfather worked in a bakery growing up than the blood Ooh, like and, right so like so just a little backstory about frank frank maxwell basically he worked in a bakery my great-grandparents owned a house in the first free black neighborhood in brooklyn weeksville right there on burger street in Schenectady. Wow, weeksville. he worked at a bakery him and my mom what my mom lived with them my mom and my cousins my grandma everybody lived with them he was working a bakery, so he used to bring. We were definitely a sweet food family, so he used to bring confections home. My grandmother, this is a seventy-something-year-old uh, woman. She got she, my mom bought her a box for for for, uh, for Valentine's Day, and the cookies were in there. You know, Valentine's Day was the fourteenth. My grandmother calls me like two days ago. Shay, <laughs> she doesn't say yo, but she's like girlfriend. This is her voice, girlfriend. Mind you, she's had the butter crunch cookies many a time. But girlfriend, yeah. it got caramel in this. Girlfriend, okay. it got top. What is in this, girlfriend? I this cookie is special. Okay, this cookie is special. I have had black older people. Black older people cannot tell you about their palates. Okay, different. Their palates are different, and this is not just my grandmother. These are people I don't know. Black older people that meet me that happen to walk past pop-ups and stuff like that eat my stuff their palates are different i only huddle like i speak to their palates uh because <laughs> they have eaten stuff when it was the original that part. flavor mm. before it was mass produced before it was like before, linden i'm pretty sure my grandmother had it when it just came out yeah yeah cereal same thing the cereals that they had it when it just came out so when they taste stuff and they tell me, I had this, she was like, whoever made, I delivered to one of my mentors, mom. She was like, whoever made this cookie and this ice cream, they are blessed and anointed by the Lord himself okay. personally. Okay. 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 So their palates are so important to me mm-hmm. because older black, especially if you're black and Southern, yeah, they've had the best cakes in the world. Yeah, I know best, black yes. people that make pounds. My 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 friend, 
her mom, her grandmother is a baker. She just, oh, I make it. I made a bun cake. Give, give a slice of cake to Shay. The best cake you ever had. Yeah. Yeah. So when they make good stuff, and or when they taste my stuff and they say it's good, I just know it's law because they've had everybody, mama and mama, some sweet, sweet potato pie, mm-hmm. cookies, pound cake, bread. Put they have it all. Yeah. So again, follow me at Real Butter BK. Yes. So you can experience it because the link up when March 20th hit, remember that I said, I'm going to be outside like a hot boy. You remember when juvenile and them used to be outside all the time in the videos? Uh, on the block yeah. yeah. With bandana? That's me. Yeah. It's lit. You know, like, wow, this girl is really, she don't really sleep. Like literally the dude on my corner is like, yo, you always, yes, I'm mm-hmm. outside like yo. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> so no. um, really, I'm gearing up for the, for that time and you know, it's it's a really wonderful time to be on as as much a beautiful struggle. I call it a beautiful struggle sometimes because as much as I be struggling, like you seen me this summer with the delivery people and not mm-hmm. having the delivery people. Yeah, it, it's been crazy. When I write my memoir, finally one day, I'm gonna tell y'all stories. I'm like, how the hell did she manage all this? Yeah, I just did that part. And this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning, yo. Um. Thank you so much for coming on here and speaking to the people. And, you know, like, like you said, you know, regardless of what this beautiful struggle, right? Um, one thing I always say about black women, we be like, fuck it, I'll do it. Like that is a black woman's proverb. Period. <laughs> Period. Seriously, because it's like, there's so many times like with my different businesses, like if shit ain't going right, I'd be like, fuck it. I'll do it. Because, you know, sometimes even with building a team, things are not the way you envision it. And I have to learn to, you know, teach and cultivate people the way I foresee things instead of fuck it, I'll do it. But that's a black one proverb. It don't matter what the struggle is. We're going to overcome that obstacle at all costs. Let's do it. It's not, it's not definitely for the faint of heart. And I don't say, and and let me just say this as a real disclaimer, fuck it, I'll do it doesn't mean that it's not heavy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Doesn't mean that you don't need rest. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that you do not need help. Yeah, yeah. Does not mean that you can just do it all. Mm-hmm. Once, the moment I get a chance to hire somebody, baby, it's over. Or hire a team, not just one person, a team. A team. Because remember, I'm running the socials. I'm running the text messages. I'm I'm doing the logistics of all my deliveries. The accounting. I'm baking and the mixing. I am also going shopping. I am also doing the graphics, the flyers, creating the menus. I am doing like 10 jobs in one job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, yes, it's heavy. And yes, Black women, we can do it. But I also am an advocate for rest. Mm-hmm. Angie, I had yeah. to take a nap before I got on the phone with you. Listen, not, not because wrong, not wrong I wanted that. to be fresh. Yeah. I had errands that I ran this morning, but I wanted to be fresh in my mind. Yeah. And be energetic. I'm an advocate for naps. Yeah. I'm an advocate for putting your phone on do not disturb. Amen. Okay. I'm an advocate for saying, no, I can't do that. No, that's last minute. Unfortunately, I cannot fulfill that. Yeah. Do not feel, I know sometimes as entrepreneurs, we be like, we don't want to miss that money. 
I have been in the last six months been saying no, not because I don't think that person is worthy of the order, not because I don't think that, uh, that money isn't, it's not even that. It's just like, if I don't feel like I'm going to do my best at something, or if I feel like it's last minute, I'm going to say no, because I only want to do things that I feel like I'm going to do my best at. For sure. For sure. And maybe, maybe missing money. Maybe it was no right now, but maybe it's just in the future. Yeah. Um, but take your rest, say no. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get back on my healthy, my healthy stuff. Cause honestly eating sweets because I'm eating tasting this stuff and you got leftovers. I'm cutting that out. I got yeah. you, your body is your temple. You have to keep your health together. Um, and everyone health situation situation looks different. Um, we all not going to look like a, a toothpick and that's okay, but we have to be active every day. I'm going to, when it starts being 45 better, I'm trying to walk today, but taking my hour walks, oh my God, life changer, game changer. Yeah. Even if it's a walk. So I'm an advocate for taking care of yourself and taking your rest when you need to, for sure. I love that. I'm I'm still learning that. I, I, it's hard for me to nap, but I'm trying to get into the groove. Unless I'm really exhausted, which is not good that I'm only napping when you know I'm exhausted. Um, but yeah, make it a ritual. I have to. I have to because that's also pivotal for um, success. And I think people don't realize too because you know society puts you know in our head that you know, wake up at the cock-a-doodle-doo and, and go to bed, you know, at the, when the fucking, you know, uh, the roosters are going off again. So, you know, we're, we're really in that culture and that mindset when we got a lot of unlearning to do that. That's not the way. That's not the way. And, and guess what? And that's okay. Because people try to be like, if you're not waking up at 5 a.m., you are a loser. Mm-hmm. You are a loser. That yeah. is not true. At nine I can I can get my day started literally at nine o'clock and still get stuff done. Yeah. Some days I do have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning to get stuff done because my baby schedule. Exactly. Some days I'm starting at nine and that's okay too. I cannot stress enough that do what works for you because if you really do what works on the internet like everybody else, because and I had a look. Let me talk to LLC Twitter real quick. <laughs> LLC Twitter. <laughs> Yo, y'all be wilding out here. Stop people, stop deeming people as going to be unsuccessful because they are not at 21 years old or not even that at 30 years old, they don't own their first house, but mm-hmm. they want a pair of Jordans. Yeah. Like I've never said to myself, and this is somebody that's a real estate professional said to myself, you know what? That person is going to be a loser. They 30, they don't own a house, but they got two pairs of Jordans. Ugh. <laughs> that yeah, you have to really stop that mentality. Yeah, it's, it's really it's really harmful to to black people that you cannot have nice things because you don't have other things. Exactly. I'm not saying be irresponsible with your money. I'm not saying uh, that you're supposed to be eating oodles and noodles every day and, 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 and because you don't have your college loan debt paid off and all that stuff. That is a weird little concept that we have going on. Can we stop that? Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Not everybody wants to own 20 buildings. I personally want to be a landlord, but that's not like the end all be all of wealth because if i'm being honest with you there's some other things i've been seeing recently like vending machines mm-hmm. that has a higher return on real than real estate now for sure 
I was like, what? I need to get in the vending machine? What is going mm-hmm. on here? Yep. So I just want us to stop judging people on what we don't and don't have um, and really just kind of empower people. They don't have to always be kind of doing digs. Somebody don't wake up at four o'clock in the morning and read a, a, a rich dad, poor dad doesn't mean that they're going to be a loser in life. Exactly. Um, Pharrell, one of the most accomplished, most accomplished, Pharrell, Pharrell said he don't roll on his bed until 9 a.m. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. That's okay. Yeah. He said this years ago, too. I'm not talking about Pharrell that has a skincare line. I'm talking about years ago. Yeah. There's certain people that I definitely follow, and I'm very influenced by hip hop. You Mm -hmm. know me personally. Yeah. So I was one of those. And he's just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm chilling. Yeah. And that's how it should be. It really, it really should. Like, um, even, even sometimes I have to catch myself, you know, I'm talking about, you know, businesses and stuff I got going on, but at the same time, you know, I want people to not feel discouraged. If you don't have a passion to do your own business, that is okay too. And we need to normalize that. You know, if you are happy working a nine to five and you're content and, and that's not breaking you down mentally, spiritually, that is okay. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there as well, you know. Um, I don't look. I am an advocate for everybody uh, selling something, though, even if it's some shit on Amazon. Just because I will say that people don't talk about this more than enough that they should. Yeah. Full-time nine-to-five entrepreneurs are definitely my core base of my butter babies. Mm-hmm. But I also do know that we are moving into a gig economy. Yeah. And we're doing a lot of automation now and stuff like that. So I, yep. I, I really feel like if you got that nine to five city state job, still get you maybe you selling um hookah on the side, maybe selling hookah kits, maybe yeah. you are selling um CMOS, maybe you are selling some type of hair accessory, something just to even if it's not full-time entrepreneurship, you can get you a website on Go, uh, GoDaddy or, or on Big Cartel and spend $30 a month and you can maybe make $500 additional a month. Yeah. I, I would suggest that because it's not like you have to do it, but I also know, I see the way that they cut in out stuff. I see certain things oh, yeah. like th- this COVID stuff is not just, and I'm not like a huge conspiracy theorist, but this COVID stuff, they have cut down the jobs. It's not like they're going to hire them. They have to figure out a way to do without. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that that's what, what I mean, too, when I say that is, you know, you don't have to become a full-time entrepreneur. Definitely get right. your hustles on. Get your hustle on. You know, make your money. And also, if you're working in a job or industry where you see they're doing robots and they're doing automated services, that means it's time to start looking at something they can't cut out. You know, look into tech. Become the person who's going to work those robots because them shits will mal- malfunction. So, you know... I'm I'm with you on that too. You definitely need a hustle, even if entrepreneurs. Even if it's a little bit, even if it's you work on it one day a week, just because I see how they're moving. And honestly, the people that suffer the most are the um, the people that are in the lowest socioeconomic population. So I I know that your your podcast is definitely geared towards black people and there's some black people that are thriving through this pandemic and I see y'all too. 
Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I listen to Earn Your Leisure, and I'm just like, yo, yeah. this is crazy. Like mm-hmm. they're amazing, and the, yeah. the the knowledge that is put forth on that platform, and just in general, like I follow a lot of business pages and stuff like that. I'm just like, oh, there's a lot of people that are thriving, but there are a lot of people that are not as well. And I definitely suggest, even if it's just like, yo, even if you setting your kids up to do mm-hmm. the vending machines and stuff, like, I think that's mm-hmm. so dope because. Yeah the way in which the economy is been shifting, I think that like even me, I, I went to go renew my real estate license today. I was just like, yo, gotta get on back on your grustle. You gotta do some sales this year. You need you need some shit. Some stuff is coming down the pipeline. Yeah. So unfortunately yeah. until you can be full time in your passion, you still have to have that job. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that other backup. You'll do what you have to do. Um Thank you so much um, again, and please, Absolutely. please let everybody know um, about once again. Just let them know, fill them in on the pop up that you're a part of, um, and maybe whoever the organizer is. And okay. I'm, I'm of course gonna tag your business pages so people can follow you directly and mm-hmm. also show up, pop out. You know, we outside, we outside, you know. We, we outside, oh, we inside. It's actually I'm, I'm driving across the bridge. Like, I'm going to be there. Right. We're going to have masks on. Everyone is going to be, like, very social distance. Um, It's called the All Love Market. Again, okay. All Love Market. I think they are at All Love Market on Instagram, but I probably will tag them, um, too, on my stuff. Okay. But that's on march the 6th which is a saturday from 12 to 6 p.m and it's all black vendors it's going to be in industry city if you listen to this um if you're listening to this and you're coming to the all love market um just tell me that you listen to angie's podcast and i'll give you a free cookie hey it's lit it's up if you come and you just say i i found you from angie's podcast Tell me that, and I'll give you a free cookie. Um, so Does that work again, for me? Will that work for me? That too? works for me too. Of course. I'm kidding. I'm, you know, I'm coming. You know, I'm coming to buy some cookies. Uh, yes. I know it's cold, so it might not be no ice cream, but your ice cream popping as well. So. Yes. So I'm definitely going to try to make it really worth everyone's while to come out. Um, and if not, just I, if you can't come, you can't make it. No problem. Um, I always do delivery and stuff every two weeks. Um, I have a delivery schedule and stuff like that. And I rotate my menus pretty often. So we'll take it from there. But yeah, um, my social media is at Real Butter BK. That's R-E-A-L-B-U-T-T-E-R-B-K. That's on Instagram. Um, and then you can also like me on Facebook at Real Butter BK. Hey, that's what's up. Thank you again. And thank y'all for tuning in. Please follow um, Rache's uh, business page, Robot of BK. 